Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. Why don't you turn with me in your Bible to Matthew chapter 9. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to look at uh, what Jesus said about the harvest. And I would like to spend a little bit of time opening up these scriptures today and having a look at how we can be involved as laborers in his harvest field. So Matthew chapter 9, and we're going to read from verse 35 through to verse 38. I'm reading out of the English Standard Version. So if your, if your Bible is slightly different, then, um, then that's probably why. So um, Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest field. You know, God's intention is that there would be a witness for Christ in every place. The Great Commission is recorded in all four Gospels and in the book of Acts. And in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 where it's recorded, Jesus said, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you shall be my witnesses. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. The reason we're on earth is to be his witnesses to witness for christ to tell others what he's done for us and then he continues in that verse he says you'll be my witnesses in jerusalem and judea and samaria and to the ends of the earth it's not something that's progressive as much as it's something that is constant all over the place and god has a, a plan and an intention for us as his church to be witnesses for him his desire is that the whole church proclaims the whole gospel to the whole world. You and I can be a part of that. We can proclaim the good news and tell others, both where we live and to the ends of the earth. And I think it's exciting that we're a part of that. Now looking at the passage we're looking at today, verse 35 says, Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching, proclaiming, and healing. And uh, that's God's intention. God's intention is that we would continue His work. We would be His witnesses under the power of the Holy Spirit. That we would see His name proclaimed. We would see the principles of the kingdom taught. And we would see people healed, both physically and in their relationships, throughout the nations of the world. He wants us to continue His work. His mission has become our commission. And I think what particularly excites me is he says he went throughout all the cities and villages. Now I live in the UK and in the UK there's some fantastic churches in the big cities and there are some fantastic churches in some of the towns but there are towns and villages and cities that do not have life-giving churches. What we sometimes take for granted in what we have in a church, a church that has the values that we have here at Lighthouse, 
with, uh, with, with God's presence, with, with life application teaching, with, with connect groups. There are people who don't have that. And our desire is to see churches that are starting to be strengthened, churches that are growing to become better, and churches and more effective in their communities, and to see new churches started in every town and every village. And just recently we've started something in the UK called Harvest, and the, the intention is to see churches strengthened and planted in every city and in every town and in every village. Now it's wonderful that there are some amazing churches in some of the big cities around us. But those churches cannot make the same difference that our church can make in the town in which God has planted us. In the town that we lead a church. We have a Christmas lunch for people who would otherwise be on their own. It's run for seven years now. And last year we had 64 people come who would have been on their own on Christmas Day. We have three mothers and toddlers groups. Uh, there's, well, it's two mothers and toddlers groups and one is like a tea and play group. And, and currently there's about 100 families connected to that. And only three of those families are a part of the local church. The church is making a difference where we are. And you know, we have to understand the church is not a building, the church is not an organization, and the church is not a meeting. We often say, if, you, if you're trying to give someone direction somewhere, we say, go in this direction, and uh, when you see the church, turn left, and when you see the dog and partridge pub, turn right, and so on, or left and right, and whatever. And we use churches as landmarks, but you know, the church is not a building. The church is not a meeting. Come to church with me. We have meetings, but the church is not a meeting. And the church is not an organ organization. The church is God's people, you and I, called out to worship Him, and sent back into the world, to witness and serve. And we can be salt and light. We can make a difference. Now for the harvest to take place, we need a couple of things. And I'd like to look in this passage and show you the four things that are needed for the harvest to take place. And they are seed, soil, rain, and laborers. Seed, soil, rain, and laborers. First of all, we need to see seed sown. In verse 35 it says, Jesus went about teaching and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. You know that we have a message, the good news, and good news is not good news unless it is proclaimed. Unless people hear it. Unless someone hears the gospel, they cannot respond to it. Now the seed, according to the Bible, is God's word. When we read the parable of the sower, we read that the seed is the word of God. In Luke chapter 8 and verse 11, it says the seed is the word of God. In 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 23, the Bible says you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but imperishable seed through the living and abiding word of God. You know, seed is quite incredible. If you think about seed, in one seed is the potential to feed thousands of people in fact perhaps even the whole earth as it multiplies one seed is just got so much potential in it um, you can go onto a field and you can just see you know a crop and uh, and there's just so many seeds involved in that crop but just one seed planted 
and uh, plant it again and plant it again could become a whole field, a whole harvest. I believe that when they opened up one of the, the, the Pharaoh's tombs in Egypt, they found some seed that was 4,000 years old and when they planted it, the seed germinated and it started to grow. You know, the Word of God is, is timeless. It's imperishable. There's messages that, uh, that can make a difference in, in amazing ways. As a church, you, you have initiated Leading Lights Network. And videos are going out all over the place. Uh, Greg's told me some of the statistics of some of the messages and how many times those have been downloaded in various places. 200 downloads in, in one place, in one week. And, and I understand that there's been, it's ex, ex, exceeded 10,000 downloads just in its, its short history. Isn't that incredible? Because those downloads could represent a whole household or even a whole village of people who can be reached. It may be a group that are coming together to watch a message. And something that's seed that's put into a package and sent to the other side of the world through the means of the internet can produce a harvest somewhere else. Seed is just an incredible thing. It really is. It really is an incredible thing. We, we grew up in Zimbabwe. And if you go into the Zambezi Valley, there's certain things you see along the Zambezi River that are plants that are, are not found anywhere else in Zimbabwe. And it's because when that was used as a thoroughfare for people to travel, some seed fell out of boats and was washed onto the shore and you see palm trees and various things that you don't see anywhere else. You know that the life that's in this church can be reproduced in India, in, in the Middle East, in North America, in South America, through the seed of God's Word. The second thing that we need is soil. And in verse 36 it says, When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. I believe the soil is the human heart. In, uh, in Luke chapter 8, the parable of the, of the sower, which I, I think could really be called the parable of the soils, we see four different conditions of human heart. We see hard-heartedness, we see a shallow heart, we see a thorny heart, and we see a fruitful heart. And uh, you know, the thing is, the sower went out and sowed seed in that parable, and some seed fell in places that it produced 30, 60, and 100 fold. Now, I know I'm in Jersey, and there's lots of accountants around. I believe that 100 fold is not 100 percent but actually ten thousand percent can you see the potential the potential of something that can make a difference such a huge difference i think it's wonderful that you have a team and maybe that team sometimes is small but god can save by many or by few who go out onto the streets here and share the seed of god's word go and tell others demonstrate his love and share his good news and welcome people that that makes a difference and we have to understand as that seed is sown we don't know what's going to happen 
Sometimes the Bible says one sows seed, another waters it, but it's God who gives the increase. It's God who makes things grow. And we've just got to keep on sowing seed. The seed falls on different types of human heart. But it's not up to us to decide who needs to hear. We have a responsibility, as I said, the whole church have the responsibility to preach the whole gospel to the whole world. That's our job. Our job is to sow the seed. It's God's job to make it grow. Okay? And I think that's the wonderful thing. Our job is to love people. It's God's job to convict them of sin and righteousness and judgment to come. We don't have to, we don't have to put pressure on people. We've just got to love them. And sometimes that's the thing that makes the difference. Okay? We don't know the state of the human heart, but we do, however, know that it's God's will for everyone to be saved. Let, let me read two verses to you from the Bible that tell us this. The first is 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. It says, The Lord is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. He says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and 4, he tells us to pray for those in authority. And then he says, this is good and is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen. We have a responsibility to go and share the good news. It's God's job to cause that to, to grow. Sometimes we sow the seed, other times we need to water the seed. But it's God's job to make it grow. You know, sometimes God will surprise us. That it, it, it may take a long time before someone responds to the gospel. Two quick stories. My dad surrendered his life to Jesus two years ago after 34 years of us praying for him. My dad's a good man. He really is. He always has been a good man, a generous man. And you know, there's some people that you meet that are, are more generous by nature than others are by God's grace. Huh? He's a good man. He really is. I mean, he's a man of integrity. I love my dad, you know. He's not a perfect man, but he's a great man, a good man, a very successful man. And um, he, he gave his life to Jesus after 34 years of prayer. There was one person who moved to the place that he lived and uh, met him sat down shared with him and he responded to the gospel i have a friend in great yarmouth dave weeks he's planting a church in great yarmouth and uh, which is on the coast east coast of the united kingdom and uh, and he's an evangelist he goes out onto the streets all the time he 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 prays for the sick he loves people he leads a, a, quite a small church there. But he's always out ministering. His dad has, is quite old now. And, uh, and for all the time that he's been an evangelist, he's shared the message with his dad again and again and again, but his dad has not responded. He sent me a message last week that after 40 years of praying for his father, his father gave his life to Jesus. It's an imperishable seed. And I think that we've got, to, we've got to play our part and let God play His part. Sow the seed, keep loving, keep praying. God will make it happen in His time. It's His will that all people are saved. The third thing we see is we see laborers. 
He says in verse 37 and 38 of Matthew chapter 9, Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest field. Last week I met with a, a church uh, leader in, um, in Northampton. And he wants to connect with this harvest which Greg and I are leading. In, in initially in the UK he wants to be a part of this family of churches so you've got to understand you know as of the last week or so 10 days you're, you're, you're now a part of a, a, a family of churches working together on a, a different sphere you know so it's wonderful that you're involved in stuff here with other churches in Jersey and stuff through leading lights and now stuff through harvest and you're a part of at the moment seven churches and uh, praying for one another, connecting in with uh, you know, cross-pollination, etc. And what I loved about spending time with this guy, his name is James, and, uh, which is a pretty popular name, good name. And uh, his name's James. And James said to me, he said, he said, look, when you come to Northampton, you have to understand this is God's address. <laughs> and that was so refreshing. Because I've heard so many people tell me how their town is where the devil lives. Huh? And it was just so good. And I think we, have the, we should start to see things through the, the, the paradigm of Scripture. Jesus said the harvest is plentiful. I believe Greg told you my story. When I was driving from um, where we live near Cambridge to Taunton, which is kind of in the wherever it is, southwest of the country, to meet with, uh, with, with someone, a mutual friend of ours, Dan Izzett. And as I was driving and praying about... Um, what we were about to initiate and start, I was listening to some music on my phone and was playing through my, my system in, in, the, in, in the car. My phone was sitting on the chair next to me, just in case the police are watching. I wasn't using my phone. It was sitting on the chair next to me. And halfway through a song, not at the beginning or the end of the song, halfway through a song, um, the music stopped. I was listening to Stephen Curtis Chapman. The music stopped. And my Bible software initiated itself and it read a couple of verses to me. And the verses are John chapter 4 verse 35 onwards to about verse 38. And it says this, it was like the Lord said, now is the time for harvest. Don't say it's four more months. Now is the time for harvest. God wants us to step out into his harvest field. And for me it was a confirmation of what I'd been praying about. Isn't it amazing how God can speak to us in incredible ways? He really can. I got so excited. I phoned my wife. In this order, I phoned my wife. I phoned Greg. I phoned our elders. Huh? And Greg said to me, if he was me, he would just keep driving up and down the M5 waiting for another message. You know? In fact, when Greg and James came to us in St. Neots last week, I said, did you get any messages when you were driving up? They said, no. I said, are oh, you not spiritual enough? Now, I think sometimes when God speaks, it's because maybe there's a challenge ahead. Maybe there's a, a big mountain that needs to be climbed. But the thing is this. God wants to send us out as laborers into his harvest field. Now, the laborers are people. People reach people. We can use technology. We can use projects. We can use programs. We can have plans. But at the end of the day, people reach people. I've heard a story and, uh, of a time of worship in Canada 
someone told me they were in this time of worship in Canada and somebody had a vision during the time of worship and they saw God, Jesus in Acts chapter 1 on the Mount of Olives and going up into heaven and the angels coming to meet Jesus and in his vision he described it that the angel said to Jesus have you accomplished what the Father sent you to accomplish have you paid the price for mankind and uh, Jesus said yes I have it's paid in full and the angel said can we now go and tell men the good news now I know there are times when God has used angels to tell people the good news but that's the exception it's not the rule and the Lord Jesus said to the angels no I've commissioned my disciples to go I've told them to go into all the world and preach the gospel and the angel said to Jesus in this vision what if they don't go what if they just become preoccupied with their lives what if they just go fishing and Jesus said to the angels I have no other plan you know that you and I the church and remember the church is people God's people called out to worship him sent back in to witness and serve we are his plan we are his plan he wants to use you and I I'd like to read uh, something that I, I saw just recently on on social media and um, let me just find it quickly on social media I just read recently how um, what a Saint Teresa of Aliva I think that's how you pronounce it if I've pronounced it wrong please forgive me she said this Christ has no body on earth but yours no hands but yours no feet but yours yours are the eyes through which Christ's compassion for the world is to look out yours are the feet with which he is to go about doing good yours are the hands with which he is to bless us now Lord use my hands Lord use my feet Lord give me your heart for people I love the way verse 36 says when he saw the crowds he had compassion for them he didn't look and touch you know touches oh, look at these young people of today look how these people are acting what a bunch of hooligans he didn't look with judgment he looked at them and he had compassion because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd it's been great having Paul with us who's planting a, a church in Essex and has a heart to reach out into a deprived area called Jaywick and what what shines through when you talk to Paul is his love for the people in Jaywick I had the privilege of going and spending a little bit of time with what a friend uh, Jim and I went and spent a day with Paul we went around Jaywick and you see people walking and they don't look you in the eye a lot of the people they're just looking at the floor all the time and you know the thing is poverty is a terrible thing because poverty is not always something on the outside some if poverty gets in between your ears and into your heart that's a difficult difficult thing and you know it doesn't matter how much money they throw into that they need money obviously to do something but it's the gospel 
that changes people's hearts huh? and lifts people out of poverty. It really is, you know. My, my daughter, Jessica, was doing a, um, a project for sixth form and, um, and they were trying to figure out what caused Europe to come out of the Dark Ages. And she said, well, her, her thesis or whatever in the project was, it was when the Bible was translated into the common language. If you think about it, it was. It's when people come out of, come out of oppression, it's because they hear the good news. You know, the thing that has brought, just recently we celebrated International Women's Day. What's brought women out of oppression has been actually understanding the gospel. <laughs> understanding God's intention. Who were the first people? Who, who, who left last at the cross? The woman. Who were the first to see him risen? The woman. And great will be the company of those who go out and proclaim. And I, I want to say it doesn't matter who you are. God wants to use you to be a part of reaching people for Jesus. Okay. Number four, we need to see rain. Seed, soil, laborers, and rain. What does the rain represent? Well, I believe that the rain represents prayer. And in Matthew chapter 9, verse 38, Jesus said, Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest, that he would send out laborers into his harvest field. And we need to pray that God would send people out into the nations of the world. We need to pray for those who are in the nations. We need to, we need to uh, pray for others. But you know, sometimes we need to be the answer to our prayer. Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Tell you what, Lord, use so-and-so. Use so-and-so. No, here am I, Lord. Send me. Here am I, Lord. Send me. The rain represents prayer. In James chapter 5, in verse 7, it says, Therefore, be patient, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it, until it receives the early and late rains. Then verse 16, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power and is effective. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He prayed fervently it might not rain and for three years and six months it didn't rain. Then he prayed again and heaven gave rain and the earth bore its fruit. And you know if you go into, um, into, into that passage and you look at what happened in history you, you'll see that it was a cloud the size of a man's hand. Just a little cloud you know. And sometimes we only see a glimpse of what God wants to do, but we've got to keep on praying until there's a storm that comes, you know, of the rain. It's interesting how in, the, uh, in Israel they had two rainy seasons. And we talk, we hear in this passage, we hear about the early rains and the latter rains. And uh, the first rainy season, the early rains took place in autumn, around October, and it was to soften the soil and to prepare the soil for seed to be sown. Now think about that spiritually. We need to pray before we share the gospel. We need to pray that people's hearts are open. We need to pray that God would open our hearts to be able to receive the message. 
And then the latter rains or the spring rains came in May just before the harvest and they brought the crop to, to maturity. And uh, we need to pray for the seed that's sown. It's interesting how the seed in the parable of the sower was stolen after it had been sown. Not before. And often we pray before something, but sometimes we should pray after. I, I heard about a guy, who, who, a pastor in South Africa, who he would go in on Monday and spend Monday morning praying in their church building for those who had heard the message on Sunday. Because it's stolen afterwards. Okay? And I think that uh, I think we have to understand that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to choke out and he wants to steal the seed of God's word. So in a very real sense, we see from this passage, we need to pray for decisions for Christ, and we need to pray for people to become disciples of Christ. Uh, Paul writing to the church in Galatia, Galatians, uh, he says, he says, I labor as in childbirth for you until Christ is fully formed in you. And you know, sometimes we have to understand that God has put people in our sphere of influence, in our churches, in our church families. And if you feel like somebody's going through a difficult time, keep praying for them. We all need prayer. Not just so that we come to Christ, that's just the beginning. That's just step number one. God's got so much more for us, and He wants us to grow into our full potential for Him. So we need these four things. We need seed, soil, laborers, and rain. Why don't we pray? Lord, we want to be obedient to you today. And you asked us to pray earnestly to you, the Lord of the harvest, to send out laborers into the harvest. Today, we come to you and we ask that you would send out into every town, every village, every community throughout this planet, people who would proclaim the gospel, teach the kingdom, and demonstrate the kingdom by bringing healing in Jesus' name. We ask that you would use us where you have placed us. Here we are, Lord. We ask you to send us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.